Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can please turn with me to Acts 27, verse 1. The title of the message this morning is God's Leading. We did the memorial service for Emma Mendoza yesterday, Gilda and Carol's mother. Just would ask that you please keep Carol and Gilda in your prayers and the family. With that being said, uh, before Emma went on to be with the Lord, my wife and I were you know, able to go to the hospital and spend time with the family. And when we prayed and when we read the word of God and we were singing praises to the Lord, God met us in that hospital room in, in such a wonderful and such a powerful way. I can't even describe. It was like the room became a sanctuary for God's presence. And we were just in awe of the Lord and his presence in that room. And it was evident to all that God's spirit gave Emma peace and her her breathing was great. She was calm and and even uh, some family members that did not know the Lord, they they saw it. My wife was saying, did you see what happened? And they were like, yeah. And she said, did you see that wasn't medication? They're like, no. And it was, I mean, we were all, you know, in tune with the fact that God's presence was in that room in a powerful way. It was so awesome because Emma, after she was, you know, then, you know, calmed and and filled with the peace of the Lord, she started preaching the gospel to her family members. And she was telling them, you need to know Jesus Christ. And I want to see you again. And you need to, in her exact words, she looked at one of her sons. She goes, she goes, you need to get saved. And I was like, you go, girl. (laughs) And it was such a blessing that her son and her grandson at the foot of her bed, the day before she died, bowed their heads and they prayed to receive Jesus Christ. They asked Jesus Christ to come live in their lives. And I want to ask you, please, praise God. And I want to ask you to keep them in your prayers. But it's, it's great to be able to look back and see God's leading and God's directing. It's so wonderful. And I think sometimes if, you know, for most of us, you know, we're wondering sometimes, is God really leading me right now? Is he really directing me? You know, is it? And it's, it's so often he does the supernatural in the natural. And, and sometimes we wonder if it's God leading and it's God directing. And I think for myself, most of the time, I don't get it until it's already passed. And I'm like, wow, that was God's leading. That was God's direction. That was God in the midst of that. In our story here, We're going to see Paul the Apostle again being led by the Lord. He was a wonderful servant of the Lord. And I just love as we go through these wonderful verses to see the hand of the Lord on this man's life. So let's take a look as he's making his travels. Let's look. Again, Acts 27, verse 1. It says, And when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan regiment. So entering a ship of... Adrametrium, 
It sounds like a medication or something. A medication. Wow. We put to sea, meaning to sail along the coast of Asia. Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, was with us. And the next day we landed in Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him liberty to go to his friends and receive care. As we've been looking at Paul the Apostle, now he's making his way to Rome to stand trial before Caesar. By way of ship, they're gonna, as we're going to see, they're going to join in, uh, on another ship. But they're, they're making their way and they're making their stops. And, and they stop here in Sidon. And as they stop in Sidon, it says very clearly that this new uh, man in charge, this Julius, a centurion, he, it, in verse 3 it says, he treated Paul kindly. He treated Paul kindly. And I, and I believe, you know, there, it's not a mistake that it says that here, that, that he was treating Paul in a good way. And he gave him liberty to go to his friends and receive care. And and I just see, you know, with Paul the Apostle going through so many difficult times, going through persecution, going through beatings, going through, you know, just some terrible times. But also we see the hand of the Lord and the Lord's favor on Paul's life from time to time. And I believe that's exactly what happened here. This centurion somehow took a liking to Paul the Apostle. And we don't have all the details. We don't know why, but we know that for some reason... He had favor. Don't you love that when that happens, the Lord will give you favor in your life? The Bible speaks about that. You know, through you know, different verses in the Bible, we'll look at those, but how the, the favor of the Lord can be on our lives as a servant of God. And I, I love when that happens, don't you? When you see the, the hand of the Lord in his favor, and, you're, and, and you, there, there's nothing else you can look at except, wow, this was God. God gave me favor. And just even little things. I think about there's a place, a, a fast food place I go to quite often. And, and the manager, you know, somehow, I, you know, I've, he's taken a liking to me and we, we were hitting off. And he's constantly giving me, you know, free coupons for free food. And, you know, two or three times he gave me a, a, a coupon for five free meals. And I, so I'm bringing my friends in there and stuff. And it's just constantly, he's just, you know, I see this favor and I'm thinking, God, I don't even know what I'm doing. This guy, for some reason, it's just your favor. And then I get to pass the blessing on, you know, to others. And the, the funny thing is, then the assistant managers, they're giving me favor. And it's like, I don't even know some of these people. And they say, oh, the meal's on us. And I'm like, really? Wow. One time, it was funny. One time, uh, I went in there and the bigwigs were there. You know, I knew they were the bigwigs. They had the clipboards in hand and their hair was real tight back. And they were, you know, <laughs> inspecting the place. And, and then the managers were like real nervous. And they were like looking at them like, you know, with those, those eyes, like, well, what can we do for you? You know, and, and then all, it was so funny. All the workers, I'm watching all the workers. They're all watching their P's and Q's. And they're just like, so I thought, you know, I'm going to go over. And, you know, these guys have been so good to me. I'm going to talk to the, the, these bigwigs. So I went up there and I says, hi. I says, I just want to let you know I'm here all the time. And I, you know, I love your food here. And not only that. The service is just spectacular, and the, the managers are so wonderful to me, and, and blah, blah, went on and on. And the manager looks at these big waves, and they said, that's Joe. <laughs> Seriously. And they says, oh, you're Joe. I said, yeah. And I said, well, I bring people here all the time. I says, I'm doing my part, so, you know, you guys are doing your part, too. So, you know, so it was just so great. But I'm like, I, all I saw was just the hand of the Lord, his favor. And I give glory to the Lord. I'm looking out at the water thinking, what favor for us to be in this place. If you knew where we came from, 
I mentioned this before, but I'd like to mention it again. You know, we started with, with two families, and then there was a big, you know, church split, and we ended up with one family in the... But then just watching the favor of the Lord on the community and the favor of the Lord with the, the people, people coming from their homes and walking and riding bikes to church, people getting saved, and giving their lives to Jesus Christ and inviting family members. The favor of the Lord, the favor of the Lord just leading and guiding. I think of Joseph. I love, you know, obviously I'm a Joseph, so I love the, his stories, but I love reading the, the stories of Joseph, even though he went through such, you know, so, many, you know, so much turmoil and imprisonment and everything. But if you really watch, every, every, every step of the way, God's hand was on his life and God's favor was on his life with Potiphar, even in the prison, with the keeper of the prison, he had favor and he was in control and they, they just left everything to him. I think of Esther, God's favor. His hand, the Lord's hand upon her life. Interesting verse. I want to read it to you. It's in Proverbs 3.3. 3. It says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. In other words, mercy and truth. Don't, don't allow those two things to leave your life. Mercy and truth. Mercy and truth. Mercy and truth. Keep it with you. Bind them around your neck. I think it's saying that, that bind it around your neck so everybody can see that you're merciful and you're truthful. Then it says, write them on the tablets of your heart. In other words, not, may it not just be an outward thing that it's, you're merciful and you're truthful, but also may it be an inward thing. Bind it on you know, the tablets of your heart. May it be an inward thing that's taking place. But check it out. The very next verse, it says, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Did you get that? Being merciful and truthful, and it's evident, it's working in your life, it's working in your heart, and it's such a wonderful thing that God's working in you that you'll find favor and high esteem in the sight of God. You'll find favor and high esteem, not just with God, but also with man. And I believe we see that here with Paul the Apostle. Another great cross-reference, Proverbs 16, 7. Proverbs 16, 7, it says, When a man's way pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies at peace with him. I, I think that happened with us, even with the, with the city and with the, the Coastal Commission. At, at one point, I thought they were our enemies for a while. You know, they were fighting with us. They were battling and this and that. And at one point, everything kind of, and those of you that were with us during that, that walk, everything just kind of spun, and all of a sudden, we had such favor with the city and with the Coastal Commission. Everything switched. Matter of fact, so much favor with the city and with the, the supervisor. He met with us, and he says, I heard you want to get here on Christmas. You want to be in your building by Christmas. And I said, yeah, and he says, well, we're going to do everything we can to make that happen. And he was here on his day off. He was here on a Saturday and a Sunday on his day off to give us our paperwork so, he, we, so we can open these doors to have our very first service. God's favor. We see that. He treated Paul, Julius, the new commander, treated Paul kindly. But also he gave him liberty to go, back in verse 3, to go to his friends and receive care. You know, don't lose this picture. He's a prisoner. Paul the Apostle's a prisoner. He's on a ship with a bunch of other, other prisoners, but Julius took such a liking to him, he allowed him to have freedom to go see his friends there in Sidon. And you might think, well, so that doesn't sound like a big deal. Well, well, really, if you think about it, it is a big deal. Because if Paul decided to, you know, jump his ship or go somewhere else, 
That would have been the commander's life. Julius would have had to, given his life, he would have been killed. The penalty for losing a prisoner is death. But I don't think Julius was even worried about that. And thinking through that, I think because he, he saw the godly character in this man named Paul the Apostle. Very interesting. God's hand. God's favor. Let's read on. Verse 4, please. And it goes on, it says, verse 4, And when we had put to sea from there, we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus, because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over the sea, which is off Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy, and he put us on board. So here they, they change ships. They, they're on an Alexandrian ship. Basically, they're on a grain ship now. So they, as they're traveling, they have a different ship uh, that's heading towards Italy. So don't lose the picture. So they're just jumping on another ship. Verse 7, when we had sailed slowly many days and arrived with difficulty off Snidus, the wind not permitting us to proceed, we sailed under the shelter of Crete, off Salmoni, passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens, near the city of Lycia. Now when much time had been spent, and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives." As they're sailing, they're running into some uh, storms. Winter is approaching. Just for those, that you take, those of you that take notes, where it says in verse 9, because of the fast was already over, that's referring to the Day of Atonement. And it was, uh, it, th- that particular year would have been the first part of October. So it's saying that because uh, the, the Day of Atonement was, was over, it was reaching wintertime, and it's, it's, it's you know, becoming dangerous to sail. So because of that, Paul says, don't do it. Let's not sail. We could lose lives. I perceive there's going to be disaster. I believe at that point where, where Paul's talking to these men and telling them there's going to be disaster, and he perceives there's going to be trouble. I believe he was led by the Lord and warning them, and the Lord gave him insight of danger to come. And as we're going to see the next two verses, they're not going to listen to him. And the so-called experts, the owner of the ship doesn't listen. The, the helmsman doesn't listen. And then the centurion, he, he believes these guys because they're the experts. But the experts didn't know better that, you know, Paul knew better because Paul was in tune with the Lord. I want to use that to say, you know, it's so good to be in tune with the leading of the Lord and, you know, and knowing no matter what it looks like on the outside, knowing God's will. Because God knows best. Even though, you know, don't lose this picture. Even though they, they, you know, the, centurion, the centurion trusted Paul, even though he had favor, but he had to make a judgment. And I believe the, the, this commander, this Julius, he wasn't a believer yet. So I'm just picturing this, as we're going to see. He perceives, you know, he goes with the, the helmsmen. He goes with the experts. But I, I believe he was sitting there thinking, man, I really trust this guy, but these guys are the sailors. You know, these guys are the, sh- the guys that, that sail ships. So I'm going to have to go with these guys. And what's going to happen, check this out. They're going to learn that, that Paul is so much in tune with the Lord, they're going to start listening to Paul. We're going to see that next week. Lord, help us to be in tune with the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
No matter what man says, no matter what the experts say, no matter what anybody says, God wants us to have such a personal relationship with him that we know his will, we know the next step, we know his leading, we know his guidance. And I want to encourage you, you know, when we have a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we're to be in a relationship in a way where he speaks to us through his word, he, he confirms things by his word, and his Holy Spirit is leading and directing us. And I think what can happen so often, we can have such a, a dry, stale relationship with God because we're not really tapped into him. Paul was. Nobody else was tapped in except Paul. And Paul says, I perceive there's going to be troubles, there's going to be problems, and I believe the Lord was speaking to him, and it, it happened. But nobody else would listen. And I want to encourage you. Expect the leading of God's Spirit in your life. Expect him to lead you. He wants to. Psalm 32.8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. I remember reading that years ago and the Lord spoke to my heart and says, you know, to guide you with my eye, you need to be looking me very close in the face. In other words, you need to be close with me. Let's read these last two verses. Nevertheless, so don't, don't lose the picture there. Paul's, you know, making his way towards Rome. He's, he's on a different ship. The, he's telling the... All, he's telling all the men, I perceive we need to stop this voyage. We need to, you know, we're not, we shouldn't go any farther. Nevertheless, verse 11, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also, if by any means they could reach Phoenix at a harbor of Crete, opening towards the southwest and northwest and winter there. The, at Fair Havens, the, you know, because they know at a certain point they're not going to be able to travel anymore in the wintertime, uh, Phoenix was a better place to go to. They had a better harbor. A, you know, it's, it's much better to winter there. So they're trying to make it there. And the majority is agreeing. But Paul's saying, no, I know the majority is saying one thing, but I believe God's saying another thing. They didn't take heed to Paul's warning. Disaster hits as we're going to see next week. Common sense was telling everyone to go forward. God was saying, stop. God's leading. I remember being weeks old in the Lord. I was managing a water meter company. And our company just started a big project to change out a major city there in, in Michigan where I lived. And I was, you know, in charge of getting office space and all. And typically, you know, I would just go forward work day and night. I'd get the office space and I'd have it overnight. I'd have it, you know, whatever it took, I would have the office space. But now I'm a brand new Christian and I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And every place I went to was a closed door. And I would go to the next place, closed door, the next place, closed. I'm praying, Lord, open a door. I believe this went on for like two months and we, we cannot start the project until we open an office there in the community. And I remember my boss coming to me and we've always got along. We've always done well. But my boss was getting irritated with me like, what is going on? We need office space. What's taking so long? Well, the answer was, well, uh, the Lord's shutting every door I go into. <laughs> but I didn't tell him that. I says, well, I'm working on it. And he says, well, basically, you better work a little faster. We need to get this project going. 
And I'll never forget, I remember driving down the street and I had the paper even in my hand, you know, looking at different places and I was getting so frustrated. I was getting, you know, it was just so much pressure. And I remember coming up near a stoplight or excuse me, a stop sign. And as I pulled over, I started just crying out to the Lord. And I said, Lord, this is terrible. I'm trying to be a good witness in my workplace. I'm trying to, you know, do even a better job than I've ever done before. And now the boss is upset with me. I can't find a, you know, office space. I'm trying to honor you. The doors are closed. What's going on? And I'm just going, la, 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 and I need help. And I'm just calling out to God. And, and I, I look over at this building next to me, and I, the Lord spoke to my heart and says, go in and ask if they have space available, office space available. And I'm like, Really? So, so I walked, I started walking, it's like a dentist office. I started walking in, there's people in line, a dentist of all things, right? <laughs> so I'm waiting in line, and there's people waiting as they're signing in and stuff. And I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. There's no signage out here. I'm going to ask, do you have office space available? So I'm getting ready, I'm walking out, back out the door. I'm like, I'm a fool, you know, so I'm walking out. The Lord prompted my heart again, says, ask him if they have office space. I said, Okay. And I asked the lady, the receptionist, I says, uh, uh, this might sound funny and all. I says, but do you have office space available? And she says, yeah, of course we do. I says, oh, great. I says, can I get the phone number to someone I can talk to? And, and she says, well, it's out on the sign outside. And I says, well, I didn't, I didn't see a sign out there. She goes, oh, that's right. We took it down. So she gave me the phone number. And to make a long story very short, I got a hold of the owner and basically through the workings back and forth and we had office space probably three or four times that we actually were asking for for the same price of a small office space. And it was a total blessing. We had so much space. We were, you know, shipping. It was like a warehouse. We were shipping, you know, meters in from all different cities and housing them there and it was saving us all kinds of money and it was just a, a blessing from the Lord and my boss was blown away. And it was the favor of the Lord. It was the hand of the Lord. It was the directing of the Lord. You know, you know how comforting it is, just with, we're closing here, how comforting it is to be on the phone with someone thinking, I already know God has me talking with you. I already know that this is what the Lord wants. So during the negotiations, he was trying to do this and that. And I was just like, oh, well, sorry, that's not going to work. or whatever. And the Lord was just totally leading and guiding the whole thing. Paul the Apostle knew the Lord's leading. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is, that you may be able to prove the will of the Lord. God's leading, God's favor. I just want to read a quote from Peter Marshall, the great Scottishman that was a chaplain to the U.S. Senate. He said to the Lord, Lord, give us clear vision that we may know where to stand and what to stand for, because unless we stand for something, we shall fall for anything. Lord, give us clear vision that we may know where to stand and what to stand for, because unless we stand for something, we will fall for anything. Let's not be conformed to this world. 
Let's be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is that good, acceptable will of God. God's will. God's leading. God's directing. Let's pray. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your leading. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that lives in us. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that each one of us would be encouraged and that we would see, Lord, that it's you and your spirit that lives in us. It's your word that does give us direction. It gives us confirmation. It teaches us in the way we should go. The throne of mercy It's the sound of our singing praise It's the sound of our singing praise You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. As we come to your throne of mercy, it's the sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our